Hi. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. you all. We're uh, <coughs> grateful to be here this morning. We're having just a little bit of trouble with the sound on the feed and, and so I was looking for headphones. Some of you are, I'm sure, just thinking, oh, too late. If we got that sorted out now, I would like to have heard the music I could have done without listening to Doug. <laughs> Anyways, you know, I'll just leave that with you and you can consider that however you want. Um, Hey, we're starting a new series today, and so I hope you're excited about that. I'm excited about this series. Um, It's actually not one that really typically gets me amped up, but just the way that things have been going and the way that everything's been fitting together, it actually has really got me stoked this this year. And so uh, hopefully hopefully it's going to be good for us all, and hopefully you'll appreciate it as much as I've already started to appreciate it as we dive into it. The the series is called Make Waves. I want to say thanks to Joan for giving us some visual clues this morning about the series. Uh, That's very cool. Starting to feel like that time, I went out and got my base burn coat um, over the weekend, and so I'm feeling like uh, it's warmer in here than usual. And uh, hopefully, though, then I can start to tan from this point going forward. And so anyhow, this series, Make Waves, is all based around the idea that we can go out and change the world around us. That's what this whole series is based on and and the premise of it is is that as we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives to produce the fruit or a crop if you will of the traits of Jesus Christ of the characteristics of Jesus Christ in us then we will go out and we will be able to change the world that we will be a wave that goes out and impacts the world around us now once again we're, we're pairing together uh, with FBC kids in this, so we're coming right alongside them. So any of you that are parents that have kids that are in FBC kids this morning, grandparents, what have you, uh, just know that over the next nine weeks or so, we're going to be doing exactly the same things as the kids are, and so you'll have this, again, opportunity where you can engage with them and talk to them about it and just be able to take what you're hearing here at home and talk to them about what they're hearing in FBC kids, and that's going to come together. So this, it's an awesome opportunity for us to, to work together with those kids. Also, uh, this morning, there are nine fruit of the Spirit, if you will, and we want to just point out the fact that each one of these fruit and each one of these next messages over the next number of weeks are going to then apply equally to our things, to our four things. And so for some of you that are new, and there's a number of you that have, are new that maybe haven't caught up to our things yet, let me just expand, expand expand on that a little bit. Um, we are, have a mission here at FBC where we want to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's our mission. That's our, our primary goal. And we think that a person that is engaging with Jesus Christ and growing in their relationship with Him 
are going to think big, think small, think in and think out. That these four things represent what it means to be growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ and coming to a spiritual maturity in Him. So thinking big is to engage with church. And you can see them up here behind me. Uh, thinking big is engaging with church. Thinking small is investing in one another. We come together and we invest in one another on a personal level. Then we've got thinking in, which is pursuing God passionately. We each come alongside of uh, that in, in our own lives and, and try and pursue God personally by reading our Bibles and, and praying and, and things like that on that personal level. So we pursue Him passionately, personally. And then lastly, then our think out is when we serve the world around us, when our faith then takes us out of our own sort of circle, if you will, and we go out into the world and we can try and impact the world for Jesus Christ, help them to find the saving news of, of Jesus Christ. So you can see those things different places around the, the building. Um, and you can also see that in our logo, parts of our logo correspond to each area of those four things. So as you look at the logo, that's just a reminder that we need to be thinking big, thinking small, thinking in, and thinking out. So every week then, over the course of this series, what we're talking about here is going to apply in each of these areas. We're going to be able to take these um, uh, character traits and apply them on every level. Uh, so it's kind of a cool series in that. Now, this morning, we're going to be starting with this whole area of love. And we think that this is going to be so significant in terms of going out and making a wave into the world around us. Um, this is the opportunity that we've got in this series now to go out and make waves into our community for good and most importantly for God. And we're going to start by looking at this whole area of love where Paul starts in Galatians. So before we get there, would you just bow with me in a word of prayer and then, uh, then we'll dive in. Father, this morning again, we thank you for this time to come together. We thank you for the way that you've created this opportunity for us to be able to pursue you in corporate fashion. And Lord, uh, that we don't just leave it here this morning. We don't just leave it at church, park it once we're done, but that we can take what we understand and know here this morning and that then we can apply it in our lives going forward. And that as we do, we trust and we pray that you would help us now to make waves, make bigger waves even than we have already into the world around us, into our community and beyond for your son's sake. And so to that end, I ask, for you to work in us by your spirit and I pray that you would um, accomplish much all for Christ's sake and in his name I pray amen so some of you might have already guessed that our series is going to be based on Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 where we find a list of what Paul calls the fruit of the spirit so Galatians 5 22 and 23 say this but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Last week I told you that my kids had sat down and had to talk with me about the fact that I'm talking too long. And after the service, actually you might have noticed if you were here in the second service, you might have noticed that in midway through the service, 
getting maybe towards a little bit towards the end, they leaned over to one another and said, I don't know if Dad got the message. <laughs> so I'm going to try and tighten it up even a little bit more this morning. So some things quickly that we need to look at today as we come to this passage. Note, first of all, that as we allow God to work in us by His Spirit, He will produce this crop in us, this crop of nine characteristics. So this isn't just sort of a list or a checklist that we should be looking at this morning and trying to go down and go, okay, check, I'm doing that, check, I'm doing that, as, and trying to accomplish on our own. And we have a tendency to do that. We want to take this list and just sort of check it off. Well, good, accomplish that. The bigger goal here is for us to engage with God in this. Engage with the Holy Spirit so that He can begin to produce this list in us. So that it's coming naturally out of us. That this is just the way that we operate. So, there's going to be more on that in the weeks ahead. This whole idea that we need to engage with the Holy Spirit in this. Rather than just kind of try and behavior modify ourselves. Okay? So keep that in the back of your mind for now. Secondly, Paul starts this list with love. And that's where we're going to focus this morning. This idea of love. And in this list, we need to understand this morning that love is, is sort of a little bit more comprehensive than the rest of these things. And I would venture to say that it's even more important than some of the rest of these things. Which isn't to dismiss the importance of the other characteristics, but just to set it out so that we understand the significance of love here today. Paul starts with it for a reason, and as we read the rest of Paul and the rest of Scripture, then we start to get a glimpse of why he starts with love here, because Paul puts significant emphasis on love, appropriately so, as I hope that we'll see in the next few minutes. But we're going to start there, and when Paul speaks here about the, the whole idea of the fruit of the Spirit, it helps us to understand a little bit of what he's driving at to know that the book he's writing to the Galatians and this whole book of Galatians is actually focused on helping the Galatians overcome some false teaching that was happening in their church at that time. Okay, So Paul is setting out to resolve these problems in this book. And so as he comes then to the fruit of the Spirit, He's arriving there with that intent to help these people overcome some problems. So keep that in the back of your mind, too. In simple terms, the problems that he was trying to overcome for the Galatians are twofold. On one hand, there was a group that was promoting this false teaching that it wasn't enough to just believe that Jesus Christ was God and that he had come to pay the penalty for their sin, for our sin, through his death and resurrection. They were teaching that that wasn't sufficient, that that was true, but that over and above that, then you needed to be following the Jewish law as well. So that wasn't enough to, to accomplish your salvation. You needed to believe that, plus then now follow the law. So if you will, they were the lawmen, the law guys. On the other side of the coin was a different group that was coming along, and they were saying that, hey, Jesus is enough. All we have to do is believe in Jesus, and then we don't have to worry about any laws. We can do whatever we want. 
We can do what, however we choose. We can do whatever we please. We can live however we like. And that was enough. So Paul comes along and says, hey, guess what? You're both wrong. So he writes this letter to the, the Galatians to help them try and understand that they're both off base and to make sure that the church wasn't going to fall into the trap either side. So what Paul offers and what he proposes instead is that we not live according to the law or not live beyond the law, but rather that we live according to the Spirit, that we follow the Spirit of God in our lives, and that as we follow the Spirit of God in our lives, then we understand what we do as Christians, how we move forward in our faith. So, Having come to the point where we've trusted in Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, once we've reached that point where we understand that He was God and came to die and rise again to defeat death and sin, so that as we place our trust in Him for having accomplished that, then we're saved. Once we've done that, once we've reached that point, then Paul says, now kids, here's the plan. Let's start to live according to the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Okay? So we have to walk by the Spirit then. And so as we come to this whole passage now, or this whole section, where he starts to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, this is what he's driving at. He's saying that this is what it looks like to walk by the Spirit. These are the characteristics that we should anticipate are going to begin to be evidenced in our lives as we engage with God in this, as we pursue the Holy Spirit in this. All right? So, the first thing that he points to then, and the predominant area that the Holy Spirit sets out to work that this change in our lives in, is in this category of love. So let's take a look at that for a moment so that we can understand how significant this is. Scripture tells us that if we are not living in love, that we are missing the mark. And not just missing the mark, but wholesale missing the mark. Like we're nowhere close to where we need to be. We see that in different areas throughout Scripture. Let me just outline a, a few of them that are very, very direct. In, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says that if we, if we say we, that we speak, if, if it says that if we say that we can speak in tongues of angels, but do not love, so if we, if we can go out and we can speak eloquently and we can speak well and we can actually speak on a really significant spiritual level even, but don't do so with love, then it amounts to nothing. Amounts to nothing. Goes on to say that if we have the gift of prophecy, and knowledge, and we can see and discern significant things, but we don't use that gift within the context of love, it accomplishes nothing. What's more, we can even have faith that moves mountains. But if we're doing so, not exercising love in that, then we've accomplished nothing. Now, we, I think we need to take those things to heart this morning because so oftentimes in our performance-driven world, we look for those things as the evidence, right? We look for, well, how well does he, does he talk? Doug, not so great. 
How well, how well does he have knowledge and insight and wisdom? How big is his faith? What have you seen him do in that category? So we want to try and accomplish all these things. And as we do, then we think we're doing all right. But Paul points out there that if we're doing these things and we're not exercising love, if love is not a part of it, it means nothing. Even faith that can move mountains means nothing. What's more, in 1 John 4, 8, John goes on to say this. He goes so far as to say that if we don't love, if we don't love, we don't know God. That's that's a, a staggering statement that we all need to come to and we all need to exercise, consider, spend some thought on that. If we don't love, we don't know God. Now this morning we need to understand here too that as we're talking about love, we're not talking about romantic love. We're talking about what John Stott said is neighborly love. Love that we have for one another. So you can't just say this morning, well, I love my wife, so I'm good. I love my girlfriend, I love my boyfriend, I love my husband, so I'm good. This is talking about love exercised to one another, all the one another's around us. Brothers and sisters, friends, family, community, co-workers, all those things. So that's what we're driving at here this morning. And if we don't have love for those people, if we're not exercising love in our lives for those people, then John says, hey, guess what? You don't know God. Don't know him. So love is a pretty big deal. And I think that we miss that today. I think that we've categorized love as a significant thing. It's a desirable thing. But I think that we've missed the spiritual significance of love a lot of times in our lives. Why is it such a big deal? It's like motherhood and apple pie, right? Like, I mean, who's going to argue against love? So it's got to be a big deal. Because, you know, it's just, it's like one of the big three. We've got to have love. And so we accept it as something that we should be. Maybe we even accept it as something that we should do. But we miss the point this morning that love is dynamic. That love is actually doing something in and of itself. It accomplishes something in our lives and in the lives of the world around us. So it is not just a state, if you will, but it is a force. It's a spiritual force that God uses to change us and to change the world. Just earlier, if we look back in Galatians 5, a little bit earlier in the chapter... As Paul is addressing these two different false teachings out there, these two different groups, he says two significant things, one in regard to each of these groups. To the law guys, in verse 6 of chapter 5, Paul says this, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. This is coming from a Jewish guy. Okay? Circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Faith 
expressing itself through love. All right, so to the law guys that are so busy and interested in trying to keep the law, he comes along and says, hey, listen, means nothing to God if you're not expressing your faith through love. That's, that's where the rubber really meets the road. It's not in keeping all these laws. It amounts to that. On the other side of the coin, to the lawbreakers, if you will, Paul says in chapter 5, verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. All right, so Paul says, yes, absolutely. We were called to be free. Christ has set us free from sin. But he says, what you need to do is to take your freedom now and go out and express that Humbly in love. So as Christopher Wright points out in his book, Growing in Christlikeness, love breaks the chains of legalism on the first hand. On the second hand, love defeats the selfishness that comes with lawlessness. So love breaks the chains of legalism. When we are fixated and focused on the law, then really quickly we become legalistic. And that becomes the things that we look at again, in our, especially again in our performance-driven world. Did you do all these things? Did you check off the deals? And we're just going down the checklist. Check, 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 check. I did it, I did it, I did it. We can be, become legalistic. We also become very legalistic in how we look at the world around us. If they're not checking off all the boxes, well, not good enough. Paul comes along and says, Hey, love breaks the chains of legalism. And on the other side of the coin, to the ones that are out there just saying, hey, we can go for it now. We're forgiven. Let's go. He says, love is going to break the chains of selfishness. Because in that world, at that point, we start to pursue life just according to what we want what we think is best for us, what's going to turn our crank. And so love becomes a significant factor in overcoming these challenges. Here we find that above even these other traits that Paul's going to go on to list and that we'll look at in the next few weeks, that the antidote for our sinful human nature is love. And so now we're starting to understand why, why, why love is so significant. It's not just something that we try to accomplish. It's not just something that's a nice thing. It's something that's going to work in us to change us, that the Holy Spirit is going to do in us, that's going to modify us as we go forward. Love, in short, brings Life And we don't have time to go into this this morning, but it's, it's a really cool trail as you follow that. Love brings life. Anything short of love results in death. So love is paramount to us today. 
And that makes love then the primary area of development of the Holy Spirit in you and I today as we follow Christ, as we try to be more like Him. And in 1 John, we see that love is fundamental to who God is. And that's, it's significant. We need to understand this as well, that we're not just sort of pursuing something that's aside from God, but we're pursuing something that is at the very heart of God. That's why it's fundamental. 1 John 4, 7 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So the Holy Spirit is trying to pull us right into the center then of who God is and to be making us like Him in that. And we see in Romans 8.29 that that is God's purpose for us, His number one goal for us as we come to faith in Him is to make us into the image of His Son. There it says in Romans 8.29 that it's his, God's plan that we would be conformed, that is to say, rebuilt into the image of Christ. So the Holy Spirit then begins his work in us with love as he works to accomplish God's plan for us to be rebuilt into Christ's image. So this morning, then, quickly, we need to look at, well, what does love look like then? What, what would that picture look like for us today? What should we be seeing in ourselves and in one another as the Holy Spirit works to bring about love in our lives? Well, like we noted earlier, love leads to life. So we can see different areas of Scripture where that's the case. John 10.10, Jesus says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to to the full. So Christ, in his decision to come, was coming to bring life. He loved us that much that he decided to put that love in action to bring us life. So love brings life. We see that expanded on in John 3.16. There God says, For God so loved the world that he, that he gave his, only, his one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So again, we see that love in action brings life. And here we find that it's eternal life. Not just a full life now, but in a full life. Life in eternity as well. And in 1 John 3.16, it says this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And again, brothers and sisters here means others around us. Not just literally our brothers and sisters. Not even just our brothers and sisters in the faith. So love is when... Like Jesus, we lay down our lives so that others can live. So that we can bring life to others around us. Now, we need to note something carefully here, too. 
It's not just as we give up our physical lives. And it's not just to bring them spiritual life. Sometimes, again, if you're like me, we can be lawyers. We start to argue. Well, what that means then is that I have to lay down my life physically. If that ever comes up, count me in. Until then, I'm doing my thing. And or we'll look at it and we'll say, well, that means spiritual life. That we're supposed to bring others spiritual life. So I should be doing some things over here that would help people understand Jesus and come to know him. But in the rest of my life, I don't have to sweat it. And that's not the case here. In 1 John 3, verses 17 and 18, John unpacks what it means to love others. There he says this, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And in truth here means that we would truly act in love, that we would actually do something to help alleviate a person's need or an issue or concern that they have in their, love, in their lives. So love then is when we sacrificially care for and benefit others. When we go out and care for others and we work to benefit them in their lives. And this morning we need to understand that God is serious about this. In 1 John 3.14 he says, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. That's a really stark statement again. First of all, we know that we've been saved. We know that Christ has come to live within us through the Spirit when we start to move from death to life by the fact that we love, the evidence of love. As we love people around us, that becomes the evidence that we need to know. We can be assured of our salvation because the only way that we do that is through Christ. Secondly, <clears throat> excuse me, it also means that we have to go out and love others around us as well. Because if we're not doing that, then we're not following along the lines of what God is calling us to. And again, we're not moving from death to life in our lives. We're not helping others move from death to life in their lives. So we need to go out and work in that area to help accomplish that. But again, just a quick note here. We can't do it on our own. We can't go out and work in this area and just kind of double down and try and produce this in ourselves. This is something that we need to pursue the Holy Spirit in so that he can produce it in our lives. All right, so keep that in mind. Don't, don't lose track of that here. This is all about, this is Paul saying all about us engaging with the Spirit and walking with him through our lives. Now, confession this morning. I, I just in who I am naturally, can get pretty jaded as I look at the world around us. As I look out and as I see things happening and so on and so forth, or at least as I think I see things happening, I can get a pretty doomy and gloomy vision of life as we know it. And 
I apologize this morning for when that comes across negatively and when it demotivates us as a church. I don't want you to go home feeling like all's lost. Things are empty. We might as well just pack up our tents and go home. So please forgive me for that. And I mentioned a little bit last week about the fact that it's been cool for me this last little while, over the course of this ministry year, just as I've sensed God working in my heart and mind, and just as I, I think I see a little bit of what he's trying to accomplish as he's been weaving us through some of these series and giving us some different uh, perspectives and as, as, as he's taking us down this path. And as we come to this series now where we're going to actually look at the fruit of the Spirit, and as we're going to try and encourage one another to actually dive in and live according to the Spirit, to pursue him passionately, so that he can change us, so that we can then be that much more like Christ, then I believe that we're going to see the potential for a huge wave. And I'm excited about this fact. I'm, I'm more optimistic in so many different ways than I've been in a long time as I, as I, as I think about this and what God's up to. Think, think about for a moment the impact that we could have on our world if we got serious with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, and said, please produce this stuff in me. Please, please, day by day, as I get up, would you, would you nurture, would you grow this crop of fruit in me? I don't think there's anything that would have a bigger impact on our world the wave we would make would be like a tsunami, a tidal wave. And, and I trust that that's where God's trying to take us right now. That as dark as the world might be out there, right or wrong, whatever my perspective is, correct or not, the whatever is out there, that regardless, it's irrelevant. If we begin to dive into God and engage with him in this, then we can have an impact into Lloyd Minster in our community and beyond as we exercise these traits that would revolutionize our community, our world. And so I hope, I hope, like I'm not just trying to sell a series when I get up here and say that I'm excited about this series. I'm excited about the series, but I'm excited about what I think God is trying to do in us and through us. I'm excited about the fact that I don't think he's given up, like sometimes I do. And I trust that the Holy Spirit can actually change me a little bit more, a lot more, so that I can catch up to him and where he's going with this, because I think it could be great. I think it could be crazy as we all engage with him and, and go forward. Romans 8, 5, 8 says this. God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How appropriate it is that we can spend a few moments now at communion, in communion, thinking about the love that God exhibited for us. The life that that brought 
for you and I today as we place our faith in him. The potential that now he's handed to us through the Holy Spirit so that we could bring life to others. This has revolutionized my life, what Jesus did. I pray it's revolutionized your lives. And I'm praying even more now, too, that it will revolutionize other lives as we go out and share it with the world around us. I'm going to ask the servers if they would come. As they do, would you just um, take a couple of notes here, points? Uh, First of all, you don't have to be a member of First Baptist Church to take part in communion. All you have to do is come to that point, have come to that point where you recognize Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And secondly, that you're in good standing with your other brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, And here again, we see the significance of love. That if you're in a dispute, if there's a problem with somebody, that you would get that remedied and rectified as best you can, to the best of your ability anyway, before you participate in communion, because love is so fundamental to who God is. He wants us to be unified in that. I'm going to ask the servers if they would hand out the elements. As they do, would you just hang on to them until everyone has been served, and then I'll pray and we'll participate together. Let's pray. Father, this morning, as we've looked into your word just a little bit, Lord, I pray, I trust that it won't return to you void today as you've promised. That we will be changed. That we will become more loving as we try and go out now and engage with you and as we just ask for your participation in our lives, your work in our lives according to your plan. Lord, we thank you for the fact that your plan was to come for us through Christ. That he came to give us life and life to the full life eternal with you, all because of your love and his love for us. I pray that that would revolutionize now our lives for others as well, that our lives would now be in turn to go out and bring life to those around us. That we would take that baton from you and that we would run with it as you make us into your people so that we could help others to become a part of the family as well. So we thank you for the cost that you paid on our behalf, for the price that you accomplished and looked after through your broken body, for your shed blood on our behalf so that we wouldn't have to face death. And that by your resurrection, you overcame it, defeated both sin and death so that as we place our faith in you, that we can be part of that family. We stop and we remember this morning. We stop and we say thank you and we stop and we also ask God that you would now move us and change us. For we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Wafer represents Christ's body broken for us. Juice represents his blood shed for us. This he said, do in remembrance of him.
Two quick things this morning before everybody takes off. First of all, remember next week, one service, 10 o'clock. We'll look forward to seeing you then. And now it's time for cronuts. I don't know where these things have been all my life, but I've caught up to them now. Never going to be the same. Enjoy them. <laughs>